0: learning first before buying was the best thing I ever did because I've seen so many people not know what they're doing, go in and buy or follow some mate's advice or follow an influencer and buy some random cryptocurrency and get burnt.
1: Hello, I'm Jordana Borenstein and welcome to That's So Meta, a podcast where we will explore all things related to Web3, NFTs, cryptocurrency and the metaverse, well, metaverses, actually. The goal is to be a bridge between the world we currently live in and this dynamic, fast-paced and fabulous world that's emerging and being created every single day. Through fun interviews with awesome guests and experts, we'll take complex ideas and simplify them in a super light-hearted way. We'll learn together, laugh together, and get far more savvy about everything related to Web3 so that we all feel confident taking a giant step into this wild new world as one. Please note, the discussion and information in this podcast is not financial advice i repeat it is not financial advice it is for entertainment and education purposes only joining me today is ben simpson the founder and ceo of collective shift a global web3 education and research platform which offers investors and traders tools expert daily insights and a supportive and thriving community Ben is the co-host of two different crypto podcasts, and he loves Bitcoin, startups, entrepreneurship, and almond lattes. Hello, Ben. So awesome to have you on. Thank you so much for having me, Jordana. Let's kick off with a basic question, but a fun one. If you were to explain cryptocurrency to a Mm five-year-old, how would you do it? And can you use animals in a zoo as an analogy? (laughs)
0: <laughs> Animals in a zoo as an analogy. Wow. That's a tough question. So You're welcome. <laughs> bang, we're on into it, right? Cryptocurrency for a five-year-old. <laughs> I would just explain cryptocurrency to them as digital money or information that I can share with you on the internet. So I can send a form of value, like I can send a digital koala to my friend, to you, Jordana, in Australia, online.
1: Yes. Uh, without
0: the need of being in person to give that koala to you. I don't know how did it get was that close? (laughs) Very good. Very
1: good. The fact that you brought a koala in and it was an Australian animal? Like I thought you were
0: gonna go for a lion
1: or a giraffe, like yeah, ten out of ten, Ben. Keep it home. (laughs) So I loved your session at CryptoCon. What on earth NFTs and what is crypto and what is the metaverse? How did you from Tasmania find yeah. yourself in the world of crypto, which are pretty high yeah.
0: contrast places. Yeah. yeah. So I used to run a sportswear business. So we used to manufacture uniforms for sports teams in Tasmania. I used to manufacture them in China and Pakistan and sell them. And I was losing a bunch of money every month, sending money, basically Australian dollars into US dollars, into Chinese yuan over to China. And I was looking for alternative ways to send currency. And at the time, a friend introduced me to Bitcoin And we were at a coffee shop and he basically sent me $100 worth of Bitcoin. This was back in 2017. I was completely blown away. I was like, what on earth just happened? Like, you just sent me money without the need of a bank instantly, cost you no fees. My mind was blown. Basically, went on this journey the next six months of really wrapping my head around Bitcoin and understanding what money is and how the governments work and how they get to print money at any point in time and how the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. And I was just completely blown away. I was around, what was I, 17 at the time and uh, completely went down the rabbit hole of crypto. Specifically, Bitcoin to begin with, that really just got me so excited about the world and what this potential digital form of money could actually be. Moving forward, we, we tried to use Bitcoin to have manufacture in China. Unfortunately, I didn't accept Bitcoin back then, but I started buying but the cash I had in our business, I actually to just bought Bitcoin to put on the balance sheet. And that's where I really... Oh, what, you? This was 2017, after the crash. Ooh. Just so early 2018. Wow. I was aware of it in 2017. Didn't buy then, thank goodness. I, I waited. And probably one of the biggest lessons I learned was, I think naturally I was pretty risk adverse. So learning first before buying was the best thing I ever did because I've seen so many people not know what they're doing go in and buy or follow some mate's advice or follow an influencer and buy some random cryptocurrency and get burnt. And I think that was the biggest lesson I learned was around education. And and from then on, I worked in the crypto industry for a little bit, worked at a few different places within crypto and just saw this huge lack of education and quality information. You've got so many people in the space that are so incentivized by money they're promoting scams, Ponzi schemes, whatever it might be to make themselves money and, and everyone else gets burnt, especially the retail investors, especially mum and dad investors. They see something online and FOMO and all this sort of stuff, they get really excited. And I just found a real lack of education. So I was always really excited about helping people. And I loved explaining crypto to people and loved helping my friends and family get in. And that's when Collective Shift was born around this idea of being able to bring together, I'm not the smartest guy, I don't claim to be, but I've been able to pull together some really smart people around me to build this platform, Collective Shift, where we are trying to help educate and onboard people into Web3.
1: So in the education of teaching people how to get into markets and how to trade, what are the biggest aha moments that you see?
0: So we only do Web3, like crypto and NFTs. I always say, understand what money is. Here we go. It's a $2 Singapore note here for the listeners. home. I show this to someone, not Singapore dollars, usually Australian dollars, right? And I'm like, why is this valuable? Like, what is this? What makes this valuable? And people would go, oh, it's backed by the government, it's backed by gold. The reality is it's really none of that. It's based on a trust system. Yes, the government accreditate the money, but money is no longer backed by gold. It's no longer backed by assets. It's backed on basically a trust system. And most fiat currencies around the world, especially in the last three or four years, have printed so much money, especially the US. Trillions and trillions of dollars They have printed money. And when you increase the supply that much, you get hyperinflation, like what happened in Venezuela and Africa, where things are 40, 50, 100%, 200%, 300% more expensive within a week or two period because of the influx in supply. So when you understand that really money is just built on a trust system and the balance of when that can fall out of whack is so minute and it's controlled by the central banks and the Fed, Bitcoin makes so much sense. Because once you understand money, Bitcoin all of a sudden, you understand, oh, right, so this isn't controlled by governments. This is a limited supply asset. There's only 21 million Bitcoin that will be created. No one can take it off me. This is a software, not a trust system. It starts to make a lot of sense. I believe anyone getting into crypto should start with money and then Bitcoin. And then you can start to get into blockchain, Ethereum, everything sort of funnels in from there. But money and Bitcoin is where I always start. Yeah.
1: You must encounter a lot of non-believers. <laughs> I've got two questions yeah. for this yeah. one. Firstly, what are the biggest arguments against crypto? And then what do you say to counter these? And you feel free to go for the most ridiculous, yeah. you know, tinfoil yeah, hat no, arguments. There's, there's a lot, right? Anything goes.
0: I mean, I've heard of them all. Crypto is a Ponzi scheme. It's not backed by anything. It's all built on FOMO. The bubbles pop, all that sort of stuff. I think the most common one is like, because right now Bitcoin's down, you know, 60 70 80%. People say it's bubbles popped. It's all over. Well, the reality is this has happened six times now in the space of crypto. This is just another day mm. in crypto markets. And it, this is healthy corrections. You know, what I say to these people is that over a four-year period, Bitcoin is up three or 400%. That's still higher than most other assets. Out there. Bitcoin is a lot more volatile. It goes a lot higher and a lot lower because it trades 24-7 and anyone in the market can trade it. But the accumulation and adoption of specifically Bitcoin, it continues to increase. The lightning network continues to increase. Places like, as I mentioned, Venezuela, Africa, El Salvador are all using Bitcoin as a local tender currency because their local currency isn't worth that much anymore you've got hyperinflation, you've got cost of living going up, you've got all the currencies right now falling off a cliff, the Australian dollars going down, the pounds going down, euros, everything is plummeting because the lack of trust in governments, cost of living, the war. People are fleeing currencies backed by governments because they're lacking trust and moving to a software alternative. So, you know, we're only 12 or 13 years in, however our Bitcoin is. In terms of where we could be in 20 years' time, the asymmetric upside, the opportunity of where crypto could be versus the downside is ridiculously weighted to the upside. So put in 1%, leave it, don't touch it, see what happens in, in 5, 10 years. I think you're going to be yeah. more, more surprised than ever.
1: Please note, that was not financial advice. So you said we're twelve to thirteen years in. Everyone in crypto and Web three and NFTs, in my experience, says we're early, we're early, we're early. How early is this
0: current day early? If you go back four or five years ago, you speak about Bitcoin or cryptos, most people probably wouldn't have heard of it before. You speak about Bitcoin now, pretty much. I haven't spoken to anyone recently that hasn't heard of Bitcoin, unless they're an or someone like grandma. I think we're early in the sense of the understanding of the asset. If you ask someone to describe or tell me what Bitcoin is, 75% of people wouldn't be able to explain it to you. Let's look at Amazon, for example. Amazon went down 98% in the dot-com bubble. Amazon's 22 years old now, and now one of the most valuable companies in the world. So if we look at Bitcoin's being 13 or 14 years old, if we look at a tech stock, we're probably about halfway to really seeing major adoption. So it's still very early, but also... Not that early anymore.
1: <laughs> You've mentioned FOMO twice. Yep. It's a big issue that can lead us down a very exciting path that ends nowhere. Mm-hmm. So what's your advice when it comes to FOMO? Because it's so easy to just get, oh, my yeah. God, I just want to get some <laughs> Shiba inu and,
0: yeah. uh-oh, I don't know what yeah. I'm doing. It's funny, right? If you look back at the NFT craze, I'm not sure if you were a, a part of the NFT boom, Jordana, but about six or seven months ago, like when you look back and you look at what people were paying for plots of land in the metaverse and NFTs, you go, oh, my goodness, you know, like you get caught up in that. And it's really important to understand that to win in markets, you need to be the minority, not the majority. So if the majority are FOMOing in, your mum and dad are buying crypto, your local plumber's quit his job and is becoming a crypto trader, that's usually the time to sell, not usually the time to buy. So it's really important to separate your emotions from really what's going on and separate physically what's happening, like analytical mind versus your emotional mind. I'm an emotional guy, so I don't trade. I try to really separate that and understand where the markets are at, when there is FOMO and a lot of excitement, usually that's not a good time to buy. You need to be buying like now, for example, before that comes and that's when you can sell.
1: Please note, that was not financial advice. So part of your mission statement at Collective Shifts says that crypto can be messy and volatile, but together as a collective, we're far more powerful. And I saw at CryptoCon, there was this beautiful supportive culture where everyone just wants to help Mm -hmm, each mm -hmm. other. How would you describe the industry?
0: There's both. There's that side and then there's the other side. And the other side is the maxis, right? The maximalist side. I'm a Bitcoin maxi. I'm an Ethereum maxi. It's my way or the highway. And I don't like that side. I love the community side. There's been a big Twitter trend going on recently about Aussies follow Aussies. There's been this big Australian boost of helping each other out. I love that. I love that about crypto because we're trying to move a new technology into real-world adoption. Together, we're much more powerful than just relying on one protocol or one crypto to try and do it all. I love that community aspect. I love the in-person events. It's great to chat crypto and nerd out with other (laughs) crypto folks because we don't get to do it often. And Australia is great. I love the Australian community. What's a maxi? It's a maximalist. So a maximalist is like, uh, if I am a Bitcoin maximalist, I only believe in Bitcoin. I don't believe in anything else. It's a very fixated mindset that you're the only protocol that's going to win and everyone else is going to lose. And usually it's pretty toxic. Some maximalists can be open-minded, but a lot are very toxic in a sense of this is what's going to win and everyone else is scams and you're all bad people. And that's really toxic. I don't like that.
1: Wow. Have you had some fun conversations with some maxis? Oh, for
0: sure. For sure. They, you know, they'll question They will question <laughs> everything, right? They'll question everything that isn't against their line of thinking. And it's good to yeah. have those opinions. For me, I'm much more of an open-minded guy. I think it's not just going to be one winner takes all. I think we can all be winners and using that energy to come together and build something that we all yeah. can contribute to rather than just focusing on one siloed part of crypto. It's like saying, Jordan, I'm an Amazon maxi and nothing else is going to win. Like, Shopify is a scam. Yep. Apple's not going to win. It's like, that doesn't make any sense, right? <laughs> There's going to be multiple winners.
1: <laughs> Back to community. So, community is a massive part of what you offer through Collective Shift. Is that because people have an experience that can be negative and then they get isolated? Like, why is there such a massive focus on the community aspect and people leaning on each other?
0: Because crypto is so vast. There's so much that goes on. Having a community where you can ask questions, you can meet friends, you can communicate, you can get other people's opinions and expertise and having a group of people to share that knowledge and then for you to make up your own decision is how I've always learned. I've loved positioning myself with people that are smarter than me, whether it be in business, crypto, investing, whatever, and learning from shared experiences has been the most valuable thing rather than just advice because advice is usually coming from one individual. And advice versus experience shares is something where people have already gone through something that you've already gone through and being able to learn from someone that's done what you're trying to do is hundred times more valuable. That's why I love the community aspect.
1: So on the topic of learning and wisdom, if
0: you were to go back to
1: 17-year-old mm-hmm. Ben, what is the biggest piece of advice you would give to him?
0: When I was 18, I and I don't recommend this to anyone, I took out a loan. To buy crypto when I was 18. Would I take that back? I wouldn't. I wouldn't recommend doing that to anyone else. I'd say to have more conviction. When you know you have conviction, by the way, just quickly, to recap on the loan thing, I took out a loan to buy crypto because I had no money at the time. I was still living at home and I I had so much conviction that I bought. Moving forward with that money, I was able to turn that into substantial amounts of money. But from then, I didn't take enough deeper bets or investments. So, what I mean by that is I had conviction. I spent six months learning about Bitcoin. Every minute of every day, I was listening, podcasts, reading books, videos, all about specifically Bitcoin and crypto. Spent six months and then I bought and I had so much conviction. And I continue to have conviction in different investments, but I didn't invest as much as what I should have. I was still quite risk adverse. So, one thing, if I could go back to tell my old self, is believe in yourself when you know something's right and you have conviction and you've done the work, you've done the study, back yourself, because that's going to, play out and much better results and gains than still being a little bit hands-off, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah. I think 17-year-old Ben needs to hear that. <laughs> I can tell him. Hey, <laughs> how much of a role does your intuition play? Yeah. On a day-to-day basis in this market?
0: Big. Going back and looking at decisions where I haven't made a decision or prolonged a decision, my gut has always been right. And that's across all of my life, whether that be – You know, past relationships, whether it be markets, business. For me, intuition is a big part of that. Sometimes I don't want to believe it, or sometimes I don't want to listen to it. So I'm a little bit delayed on that. One thing I have found in crypto markets is that they are so fast. The market is so accurate. Whenever I felt my stomach, you know, my intuition is telling me that the market's pretty hot or at the bottom. There is not much time to react after that. I've seen markets where I haven't made a decision, but my gut's telling me maybe a little bit toppy. Literally two days later, the market's crashed. What that tells me is these markets are super hard to trade. And that's why I'm a long-term investor mm-hmm. because there's much smarter and faster people than I am out there trading against me. So if I can just buy and accumulate good assets over long-term, that's what's going to give me that edge. And my intuition is something that can give me a longer-term macro understanding of where the markets are, rather than, like, more intraday. And you said you're too emotional to trade. Yes. I am... Uh, yeah. <laughs> Even
1: your response, <laughs> you're like,
0: yes, <laughs> <exactly."> <laughs> yeah. um, I say that because <laughs> the nature of trading, the feelings and emotions it creates, the euphoricness, the dopamine it gives you, and the downside it gives you based on, like, wins and losses is huge. And... For me, I don't need that in my life. You know, trading crypto is a 24-7 gig. It's going to make me really happy or really sad intraday. And I don't want that. I've got my focus in the business and crypto. And like, I like to just manage my emotions a little bit better through, through other means rather than adding these additional dopamine loops in trading crypto I just know I wouldn't be good at it. I don't know I'd lose money. To be good at trading crypto, you really need to be like closest to level headed as, as anybody really like nearly robotic in your decision making. You cannot be m- emotional by the asset or anything. It needs to be purely analytical. And that's definitely not wow. me.
1: Wow. Okay. So that's the whole buy an NFT,
0: get emotionally attached to it. Correct. As a trader you can't be emotionally attached to assets. You can't love something or hate something. You look at the charts based on numbers, directions, trends, green or red candlesticks. You know that's that's your game. So for me like I'm passionate, you know I'm competitive, I love sport, I love teams, I love crypto. I'm too passionate to be able to trade for me and that's just a self-awareness thing that yeah. I just know I'd I'd suck at it. <laughs>
1: Okay, so now it's time for two regular segments.
0: Myth busting.
1: What is one of the biggest myths around crypto and how can you totally bust it right now as not being true?
0: Bitcoin's a Ponzi scheme. Bitcoin is not a Ponzi scheme. Ponzi schemes are pyramids. You have to have someone at the top and the more people that use the network, the top gets richer. Bitcoin is flat. There is no referral program. There is no one at the top. Everyone in the network is equal contributor. Everyone gets paid out equally. There's no pyramid or hierarchy in Bitcoin. It is impossible. It's by definition not a Ponzi or a scam.
1: <laughs> Very good on the analogies, by the way. We've got koalas, we've got the pyramid. Loving it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and yep. the second segment Stay safe from scams. What is the best piece of advice you can share to help people stay safe in the world of crypto?
0: If it's too good to be true, it usually is. That's an age-old saying. But especially in crypto, avoid anything that is promising returns, 1% returns. Avoid anything that has some very lucrative referral program. Avoid anything that has lockup periods. Some things are good if you know what you're doing. You can stake crypto and get lock-up periods. That's Okay. But for example, like Hex for me is a scam and they have lockup periods where you can't sell for over 12 months, otherwise you'll lose your returns. All of those are real alarm bells for me. So just be really careful when investing. Uh, make sure you're investing in the underlying asset from reputable exchanges before yeah, barreling into these get rich quick schemes. That's really where you're going to go wrong.
1: Thank you so much. I just want to congratulate you again for the Koala, <laughs> digital Koala analogy. <laughs> Thank you <laughs> very well done if anyone uh, ever asks you to explain crypto with a zoo analogy for a five-year-old you know the question know. came from here first but no thank you so much for your time that has been absolutely awesome and i'd love to know that you're an emotional guy and that you trust your intuition as well so many awesome things
0: awesome Jonathan. thanks for having me
1: thank you so much Wow, Ben is emotional, intuitive, super direct, and I think he might be the most passionate Bitcoin investor I have met so far. And if Melbourne Zoo does start selling digital koalas as NFTs and collectibles, I personally will credit him for that idea. To find out more about Collective Shift and Ben Simpson, you can find all of the links to their socials in the show notes below. If you enjoyed today's show, please leave a rating and a review. As a brand new podcast, it would mean the absolute metaverse to me. That would be wonderful. To see video content and other fun snippets from our interview, please come and say hi to me across my social media accounts, all of which are listed below in the show notes. And thank you again so much for your time. I'll see you next episode.